UAE for 21st ranked BYU football. How Virginia became a viable threat in three short weeks. ESPN's play-by-play Bob Wischusen joins us. How BYU fits into the national landscape right now and why BYU is on upset alert. Plus one-on-one with Bronco Mendenhall to preview the Wahoos and how he's gauging the validity of BYU Sports Nation karma now. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation on a Friday. This is how we do it. On your this ra- is how we do it. It's been was, a long time. I was hoping you'd do that. It has been a while. Warm up the pipes. We're on your radio, television, and other media machines presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Friday, September 19th. Friday. Tomorrow, football. My name is Spencer Linton. Football every day. Teamed up with part-time spin class instructor, Jerem Jordan. I had this conversation yesterday with our producer, Caitlin Jenny, who is a spin master, I hear. (laughs) You just rephrase something and brand it, and all of a sudden you have like this new business and workflow. Like, is there energy gum? It's not biking or stationary biking. It's spin class. You just like phrase it, energy drinks. It's not a soda or a juice. It's an energy drink. (laughs) It's brilliant marketing. Yeah, it's smart. It's brilliant. It really is. Wherever and however you dialed in, great to have you with us. It's a White Pants Friday post-Labor Day. For half of us. In honor of the whiteout tomorrow at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Yeah. uh, I saw a great tweet from uh, (laughs) Zach Bloxham (laughs) yesterday. Gonzaga Law student, BYU fan. He said, why doesn't everyone just dress up in white shirts and ties? It'll be like a militarized priesthood session. (laughs) (laughs) The whiteout. Yeah. I had no, that I'm th- excited for that. I BYU had that all thought today. But all white unis at home is very rare. Like, I don't recall BYU using them ever. ever? I, I, I imagine that they have. I just don't At home? Remember. I mean, they have obviously they several on times on the road, but have yep. they ever done it at home? You'd think at some point they did. Did you know BYU in the 40s had orange? I didn't know that, but that's because you told me that Duff a while Tittle's ago. book, the BYU football history book. Hey, it's by the great. way, I read that one day. I love that book. Over 5,000 Twitter followers yeah. on BYU Sports Shout Nation. Out to all, of you. all of you that follow the show on Twitter, if you're not, shame on you, shame on your cow. <laughs> follow us on Twitter. You'll get, the, uh, you'll get the goods. Join our conversation 24 7 using the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter. Uh, tw- on Twitter. Twitter. On Twitter. Start it off with today's Twitter question. It's a Friday, and it's the day before the game. So what's your bold prediction for BYU versus Virginia? Use the hashtag BYUSN. I'll lead with mine. BYU will be plus two in turnover margin. That's my bold prediction. Against the team that leads the nation, an independent country unlike Scotland, in turnover margin. And BYU is minus one in the turnover battle this season. Oh, no! But they're 3-0. and oh. So you know what? Throw it out. Well, it's a new game tomorrow. I'm saying if BYU's, if BYU's plus one, I think they win tomorrow, but I think Bold would be plus two against them. I love this tweet from at Rick's Christine. BYU gets less than five penalties. Yay! <laughs> the f- yeah. They're one of the yeah. most penalized teams in all of America. That is a little concerning. Little deal? Yeah. Throw it out. New game tomorrow. It, what's yours? Do you have it? Ready? I have it, but I'm not going to unveil it right now. Wow, what I will a make you wait. What a tease. Right now, the Cougars are getting ready for the Cavaliers by doing the following. Let's see. It's 10.03, so they are finishing position meetings, and then in seven minutes, they'll eat breakfast, Spencer. I wonder what's on the menu today. Wahoo. <laughs> oh, <laughs> wow. 
My uncle was in a class at BYU and the uh, prof- a long time ago in the nineties. A long time ago, and he said that the teacher was his jokes were not landing. I can relate with that. <laughs> and uh, so someone after many jokes, people were like, ha, 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 ha. someone in the back just went, ha! <laughs> I, I love that so much. Isn't that funny? A long time ago in the 90s? That's, yes. Yeah. That's like so, at least 15 years ago. What I'm saying is what if you heck? have a joke and it doesn't land, just make fun of yourself and go, Exactly. And Self, people, people self-deprecation is always the fallback. Yeah. yeah, well, that worked well, didn't yep. it? We're getting you ready with Point Counterpoint in just a minute. BYU Sports Nation simulcast and beautiful radio vision on BYU Radio and on BYU TV. Rise and shout on this Friday. It's time for What's Trending. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic one. Respect the brand. But how much? The Virginia football team is... Do they have a football brand? Brimming with confidence as they leave the Commonwealth. Yeah, it's and descend it's on Provo, Utah. They're 2-1, and one, a win over 21st-ranked Louisville last week. Cavaliers head coach Mike London joined us yesterday. He talked to us on BYU Sports Nation. We asked him what he meant when he said, this team is for real. You know what, Jeremy? I'm, I'm buying the UVA hype a little bit. They're better. They're better than we expected them yes. to be. Yes. But are they good enough to come across the country two time zones, win on the road, in an afternoon game against a ranked team with the, uh, on ESPN and all that. I'm not buying it. I'm not. I think that BYU is ready to win this game by 10-plus. Entering the season, how many, BYU fans, how many BYU fans were legitimately worried about Virginia? None. I think that that has increased, but I'm not buying into the, into the hey, they're coming in here and they're going to upset BYU. Not, not so fast. BYU, a popular... Upset alert pick sure, I for get ESPN's it. Matt Millen and a number of other guys on CBS College Sports. Is it that NBC. big of an upset for the 21 through 25? Like, they're barely into the top 25. Regardless, there's some growing angst across BYU Sports Nation about Saturday's game. Let's start with this. Virginia is a sack machine. They're the only team in the country that has three or more players with at least three sacks. That does not bode well for BYU's passing attack. Yeah, they do have some good dudes. Eli Harold, Max Vallis, Henry Coley. Yeah, all Coley's three captain. of Vallis, by the way, came to Virginia as a tight end, then switched to defensive lineman in camp last year as a freshman, then switched to linebacker a couple weeks later. He didn't really play in the BYU game. His job last year before BYU, the BYU game, preparing for that, was scout squad guy. He simulated Kyle Vannoy. That was his job. And he was so good at it that now yeah. he's playing linebacker. They're good, but guess what? BYU has Taysom Hill. He is the best mobile quarterback in the country. There's no other FBS quarterback that has more rushing yards or rushing touchdowns than Taysom Hill. Brian Logan agrees with me. We all know that we have the best player in the universe in Taysom Hill. I won't go that far to say best in the universe, but I think he is mobile enough to eliminate any kind, to neutralize any kind of effective pass rush. I was about to give you the stamp of credibility on your counterpoint until you went to Brian Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, okay. uh, Brian Logan, definitely the best oh, player in the universe. <laughs> has, has Virginia not faced a Heisman Trophy candidate already? Brett Hundley, UCLA. They frustrated him. ESPN has this quarterback rating system that they've made. 100 is perfect. Does anyone understand it's what it is? Between 0 means? and 100. He had a 40 Any quarterback rating or efficiency? He had a 43 quarterback rating according to ESPN. I know that's not good. Listen, they, Brett Hundley's old news, man. UCLA is the most overrated ranked team in the country. They're not that good. I think Virgi- what about Louisville? Virginia's st- 
New head coach, new quarterback. Charlie Strong's gone. Teddy Bridgewater. Like, how good's Louisville? I, I don't know. I don't think – I think BYU's the best team they will have played. I think BYU's better than UCLA and Louisville. I'll give you that one. I think Taysom Hill is a better player than Brett Hundley right, right, right now. Kane, Dave right Kane, now. the play-by-play voice of the Cavaliers, said the two toughest games on the schedule for Dave, Virginia this Dave year. Dave Kane. That, that guy, guy's voice yeah. is gold. Florida State and BYU. So, wow. Okay. So that, that's, one, that's one take. All right. I'm, I'm hearing you on that one. But the thing is, you just beat the number 21 team in the country. Louisville's not bad. Wait. That's what BYU's ranked. You just beat a ranked team. Listen, Louisville blew it. I watched every snap of that game. And yes, I said Louisville. They had four turnovers in that game, and I've mentioned earlier this week. Five minutes left, Louisville just took the lead. They uh, force a, a punt, and they muffed the punt at like their own 25. Virginia ends up scoring, uh, gets field goal, and wins the game. Virginia was up 20-7. to seven. That's cool. Five <laughs> drives. There were five drives. Uh, scoring drives in the game for Virginia. Four of them were 20 yards or less. We just win the game. They didn't have to drive. Find yeah, a way to win the game. Yeah, they won the game. But guess what? is not going to turn it over four times to Virginia. I, I know that Virginia leads the country in turnover margin, but I'm telling you, I think BYU is going to have a special emphasis on ball control. You take away the Richmond game, Virginia's even in turnover margin. Did BYU How about not that? turn How the about ball? That? Did BYU not turn the ball over three times against a mediocre so Houston team? It's not going to happen again. Listen, Mitchell Jurgens. It's the same script. Mitchell Jurgens is not going to have the ball ripped out of his arms again. Mitchell Jurgens is going to make make sure that he doesn't get it ripped out of his arms on a pass again. And Taysom Hill's not going to throw it into the line, and then all of a sudden it. Goes up into the air and comes down with snow on it into the hands of a we Houston defender. We can't say Those that for three, sure. There might be weird things You can't things say for sure that it will happen. <laughs> it's so. It was so random. It, it was random, but that happens in football. That happens. Yes, it does, but it's not going to happen two weeks in a row. Okay, so you bring up You're the, right, maybe it will. Virginia, thir- <laughs> 13 turnovers, 8 fumbles, 5 interceptions. Leave the country. We talked about the fact that BYU was minus 3 in turnovers against Houston last week. So what So what happens? Why are you so confident that BYU all of a sudden, who was minus 1 overall in the turnover category, is going to hold on to the ball? For one thing, the guys that carry the rock the most don't really turn it over. Taysom Hill, ball security, dude. Have you seen that guy's right bicep? Also, <laughs> Jamal Williams. This is maybe the best stat I've got all season. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Zero. Kevin Duckworth's jersey number for the Trailblazers. And Jamal Williams has zero lost fumbles in 430 carries at BYU. I feel like I'm running at an incredible three to speed. Yeah, why are you? I don't know. Is that spin moving? No. Zero lost fumbles in 430 carries? Are you kidding me? That is ridiculous. That is unbelievable. But guess what? Jamal's fumbled a couple times, but he's never lost it. He can't hold on to the ball every play in the game. Uh, yeah, Jamal Williams had the ball 90% of the time. You're, you're, you're right. But he and Taysom are the main carriers, silly goose. <laughs> they'll be fine. Yeah. Will BYU turn it over tomorrow? I th- yeah, I think they'll turn it over. But I think that BYU will force a couple. But you said the bold prediction is? Plus two. Plus two in the turnover plus category. Two. Against the team that leads the country. Whew. That is bold, my friend. That is bold. Virginia has only given up five offensive touchdowns. Hey, their defense is stout. BYU has a player named Zach Stout. He leads them in tackles. 17th best rush defense in the country. Okay, good luck. Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams against one of probably the best front seven they'll see all year. But BYU returns the 10th best rushing offense in the country. BYU is the only team in the country with two guys that have 2,000 career rush yards actively. (laughs) 
BYU has, you could say, the best duo of rushers in the country. I think that the I think the line is improved. I think that BYU will will be able to rush the ball. I really do. BYU is on their home field. They're not going to go crazy, but I, they're better than Virginia at these things. Are you and, bi- that, are and that's you- the matchup we've been talking about is the front seven versus BYU's rush offense. That is the matchup that I am watching. Okay, and tell me this. I just I just look at both pairs. Will the Virginia offense outscore the BYU offense if BYU doesn't turn it over? If if turnover margin is even, I don't see how Virginia wins the game. Against BYU's defense, who's fifth in the country in opposing rush yards per attempt. 2.06 yards per attempt. You're a guy that relies heavily on that. It doesn't matter what happened last year. What happens this year? Like, you, you bring that up yeah. on, on, the, on we, a regular I've basis. I've not referenced last year's game at all in this oh, conversation. I, I know. I'm just saying. Virg- so... Throw out everything that's happened. You just line with the, last year. You just line but the teams this year up. Is completely relevant. What's happened on the field? BYU by ten plus. Really? Yeah. Turnovers changed the game, though, as we saw last year. So that's why I say if BYU is plus one, I think they win. Does that have to do with there. the fact that Virginia's on the road for the first time? That or, might. Or, or they played a neutral site. You say they BYU play a 10 ton plus. of home games, but but Virginia has lost seven of the last eight road openers, and their one win was to Indiana. But that has nothing to do with the past, right? That's correct, that, but that's a tendency they've had. I'm not saying it's going to play into the game per se, but how many, how many of the guys on the team have actually won a game in a road opener? <laughs> the ones that played in 2011, that's it. Against Indiana. Listen, Virginia's ready to win the game. They are. This is a huge opportunity. But they're in Lavelle Edwards Stadium in a wideout, dude. And throw BYU's out. ranked I mean, and ready. My point is, throw, throw out. I'm, I'm, go, I'm going with Jerem's methodology here. Throw out what happened in the past. They won two games well, last year. What past? This, this, the past of this year is relevant. One of them was against BYU last year. They played 11 bowl teams on their schedule last year. That's only happened twice in NCAA history. 2002 Florida State was the other team. <laughs> that was a tough schedule. They played 11 bowl teams. Yeah. Virginia's better than what we thought they would be. But... They are who we thought they were! And we <laughs> let them off the hook! But we they, have, they were a two-win team last year. Like, everyone calm down. They've been two and one the last three years. I, I, I don't think they're a terrible team. I think, they're, I think they're decent. But BYU's a good team. They will win. There's a difference between, BYU, want wanting, about this, a difference between <laughs> BYU wanting to go undefeated and Virginia's goal being let's get to a bowl game. Yep, there you go. We can, agree, we can agree yes. on that. Yeah. What is your bold prediction for BYU and Virginia? It's winter time. <laughs> at Herman, uh, sorry, at He-Man underscore Hyde. BYU Herman. wins. <laughs> BYU wins the solemn assembly. Nice. Wide out. And beats it's Virginia. this week. 35 to 10. Craig Bills will make you pay has a pick six. That would be awesome. Craig, dollar, dollar bills. Craig, medical bills. Dollar, dollar bills, yeah. Yeah, medical bills is like, ooh, he's getting hurt. <laughs> it sounds like he's getting hurt, right? At J-Man, 4-2-6. BYU. Blackman has a breakout game. Zach's out with two sacks and defense holds for only 50 what? rushing yards. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Virginia, 3.3 yards of carry. That's not good. 50, but they rely heavily on Kevin Parks. He's, they're going to have more than 50 rushing yards. We'll see, man. That's really bold. Hey, you're a busy dude. You did women's soccer last night and women's volleyball tonight. That that I did. And BYU got a win against the Oregon Ducks 2-1. to Holler. In comeback fashion. Tonight, BYU-Utah. Oh. Cougars trying to hand the Utes their first loss. Yeah, Utah 10-0, but they haven't played anybody. And last year, BYU did this. And it ended Utah's record, perfect record, at 10-0. 
Up next, ESPN play-by-play, Bob Wischusen. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan on a Friday, live in Studio B. This is how we do it. Follow the show on Twitter, at BYU Sports Nation. Countdown to kickoff is live at 2.30 Eastern time tomorrow, live on BYU TV. We'll get you set for the wideout. BYU versus Virginia, 2.30 Eastern time. You can see BYU warm-up in the all-whites on the field. The only place that will show you then. BYU TV, 2.30 tomorrow. Joining BYU Sports Nation, the man who will call the game on ESPN tomorrow, Bob Wischusen. Bob, welcome to BYU Sports Nation. How are you doing? Thanks, guys. I'm good. How are you? We are fantastic. Uh, we, we ask this to all the uh, guys that come over from uh, the east to the, to the Wasatch Mountains, but uh, have you prepared adequately for the elevation change in Pro Utah? Yeah, I did stairs before I came out here <laughs> as best I could. So I think, I think I'm in shape. I think, I think I can handle it. It hits you in the second half. That's when it really gets you. Uh, exactly. Well, we'll have oxygen in the booth. It'll be fine. <laughs> BYU ranked number 21 right now, kind of the non-P5 darling uh, Central Florida, Boise State haven't really helped the non-P5 cause, so BYU sticks out a lot. How is BYU perceived on the East Coast as a New Jersey native? Well, I mean, everybody, obviously, if you know anything about college football, knows BYU, knows the history, knows the tradition, knows how this program, if you ever think that you're going to have a nice, easy, out-of-conference win, schedule a game against BYU, think again, um, because obviously it's a, it's a great program. But, you know, when you think about it in terms now of this college football playoff, it's really hard to not be in a conference unless you're Notre Dame. And, you know, it's kind of mythical that Notre Dame isn't in a conference. Notre Dame isn't a conference. They're in the ACC. Um, they're guaranteed six ACC games a year. Plus, they've got their natural rivals like USC. So, I mean, obviously they're going to have those other big BCS, you know, level uh, Power 5 conference games. For BYU, it's hard. I mean, how, you know... If you're an SEC team, an ACC, a Big 12 team, and you know you're going to get a really good, hard conference test every year, you're going to schedule a couple of -of out-of-conference games that are going to give your guys a test and certainly chase the TV money at times. But it's hard for BYU to schedule seven, eight, or nine of those. You can get three of them. But you can't get enough of them, I think, to even if you go undefeated, be able to put together enough quality wins that at the end of the year the – that committee is going to be saying, well, we've got BYU 12-0, you know, Auburn 11-1. and How do you not put Auburn in the playoffs? So it's going to be an uphill climb for them. So is it just kind of a cute story since, since uh, you're suggesting, you know, if you can't make the playoff, what's the point? Well, I mean, they're always going to be um, a factor. But, you know, I think it's really hard if you're not in a conference to put together. Because now all we're hearing about the committee is that they are, now we'll see, this is the first year of it, so we'll see what actually comes out of that room eventually when they determine what their standings are and they start putting out polls at the end of October, and then when we finally get a 14 playoff. But we've heard now that this is going to be treated like basketball. They're going to look at your resume. They're going to look at your strength of schedule. They're going to look at who you played. They're going to look at whether or not you're a team that went out there, like, say, a Michigan State, and maybe they lost at Oregon, but at least they took the game against Oregon rather than, you know, Saginaw Valley State at home winning 78 to nothing. So, you know, if you've got those kind of games on your schedule, theoretically the committee's going to penalize you for it. And for BYU, you know, without having the conference schedule to automatically just slot in every year, all of the games on their resume 
have to kind of be independently negotiated, that's hard. I mean, that's, it's really, I would be, I would think it's probably the most daunting task in college football now to put together an independent team's schedule that will be respectable enough for that committee come selection time, even if you go undefeated. Athletic Director Tom Homo certainly has his hands full, and this has been discussed widely uh, because BYU wants to be relevant. They want to make a national splash. They're 3-0 and now with a blowout win at Texas, but Texas is down, apparently. Virginia comes in riding some hype because of what they did last week. What does BYU have to do to really grab the nation's attention? What is the best-case scenario for the Cougar football team in 2014? Well, go undefeated. I mean, obviously, every team, you know, it's funny. I don't think that you have to look at not being in the playoff as not being relevant. You know, Boise has never played for the national championship. Uh, Even, I mean, last year, Northern Illinois, um, you know, We've obviously seen, you know, UCF, um, teams like that over the last several years. Um, No one would ever say those teams were irrelevant. They were very relevant in the college football landscape. They just didn't have enough to get over the top and play, obviously, in the, you know, the BCF title game because of what their resume at the end of the year read like. Um, You know, for, for BYU, go undefeated. And they can. You look at their schedule, there's not a game on their schedule that you would say right now they probably wouldn't be a points favorite in or at least within a field goal one way or the other. The hardest game on their schedule the rest of the way is probably a game that you would, you know, not go out on a limb at all picking them to win. So if you run the table and you're 12-0 and at the end of the season, you're relevant in college football. There's never been an irrelevant undefeated team in college football. Marshall might be that this year, if there is one ever. Um, yeah, but, maybe. Yeah, but in the modern era, yeah, no. When you look at next year's schedule, I'll, I'll just lay out some of the teams, and uh, I want to get your opinion on this. Maybe next year's schedule is a little different than this year's. At Nebraska for BYU, Boise State, at UCLA, at Michigan. Then you throw in some non-P5 decent teams, Utah State, Cincinnati, East Carolina. Would a schedule like that be enough to maybe merit the four spot in the playoff? Well, it's, it's hard to say because we have to obviously right now project what those teams are going to be next year. I mean, this year, if you beat Michigan and Nebraska, those are great name teams to beat, but neither but one down. is ranked. Yeah. It's yeah, like Texas. Down. You know, you, it's hard to predict what those programs are going to be like when you negotiate these contracts five, seven, eight years in advance exactly. sometimes. You know, I mean, you've got to do the best you can and project, you know, who are the traditional powers. Well, eight years from now, is there a pretty good chance Michigan's going to be ranked in the top ten? Yeah, they're Michigan. Um, you know, again, if you are in the Big Ten, you're going to play most likely Nebraska and Michigan, but you're also going to play Michigan State. You're also going to play Penn State. You're also going to play these monster national, you know, powerhouse type programs. And it's automatic. It's on your schedule. You know, you're going to play Wisconsin. You're going to, you know, granted, sometimes. You know, you don't play everyone because of the, you know, the, the nature of the size of these conferences now and the schedules rotate, but you know going in that you're going to have some of those games. Um, you don't have to worry about what programs are up and what programs are down as much because in your conference you figure some of those programs are going to be up and you're going to get them all anyway. You know, for BYU, they kind of have to cherry pick six, seven years down the road sometimes, and it's all projections. Just It's so hard to tell. And also, as you said, they've got those four games, but – these other conferences, and they're playing eight conference games, some of them nine conference games. It's, it's, it's really hard. It's, it's, very, it's, it's a very weird kind of catch-22 situation for a program to be in. 
Bob Wischusen, ESPN College football play-by-play man, the radio voice of the New York Jets on BYU Sports Nation. Let's talk about the matchup tomorrow that you're calling between BYU and Virginia. Your colleague, Matt Millen, put BYU on upset alert. Why is BYU now becoming this popular upset pick for a lot of people that want to go out on a ledge and pick Virginia over the Cougars? Well, I think it's really, and from Matt's standpoint, we watched a lot of tape yesterday. We did the Virginia-UCLA game at the start of the year. Uh, Virginia lost at home to UCLA. They lost by eight. UCLA scored three defensive touchdowns in the first half and hung on to win. Yeah, I think the Cavaliers probably should have won that game. They probably should have. I mean, all things being equal, how many times are you going to give up three defensive touchdowns at home? (laughs) I mean, that's that's a one in a thousand kind of a scenario. So, um, it's really because of their defense. They've got NFL players in their front seven. Um, and, you know, it's their offense traditionally has not been explosive, and this year it's going to fit that mold. They are not an explosive offensive team. So if Virginia can muck this game up, they can control the ball and keep BYU's offense off the field a little bit, give their defense a rest, because obviously with BYU – wanting to run about 150 plays if they can. Your defense can be gassed pretty quick. Um, you know, I would think that that would be the game plan for Virginia, and that's a game plan they can execute. You know, they can kind of misdirect you and, and control the ball offensively. And, uh, and defensively, they've got guys that can wreck the game in their front seven. So that, that's why it's just it's a matchup that, you know, you look at, at BYU, they don't really have any home run hitters probably outside of the quarterback on offense, so it's kind of a keep-them-in-front-of-you offense and let your pass rushers, if they can control Taysom Hill and keep him in the pocket and make him a thrower and not a runner, you think you might be able to keep the score down and, and, and steal the game. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those matchups that kind of, if you're Virginia and you want to try and beat a ranked team on the road, this is the kind of team that they would have a chance to beat. And, you know, it's, it might be a closer game than some people expect. Sure. Uh, I think BYU a 14-point favorite at home, which to me is a, a little much. I could see it going both ways, but I'm not sure. Interesting matchup. What sticks out to you on film about Taysom Hill? Well, if you lose track of him, he's the one guy that can, you know, I mean, obviously it's always the quarterback because oftentimes the quarterback is unaccounted for, and if he escapes the pocket and your defensive linemen lose containment, there's the big chunk play. Um, so to me, that, that's what this game is about, and that's what their offense is about. Um, the, really, the biggest difference between the two teams, between BYU and Virginia, is Virginia doesn't have Taysom Hill. They have a quarterback that can stand in the pocket and throw it a little bit, but they don't have a quarterback that can run, and not, at least not like Hill. So to me, that, that's the X factor in the game. If Taysom Hill ends this game with you know 120 yards rushing, and say three or four of those carries are for 25-plus, you know, where you think you've got them, you think you're about to make a big play, you're about to get a third down and 10 stop, and he gets out of the pocket, and all of a sudden there he goes, and he runs for 30 yards, and kind of one of those back-breaking, momentum-changing third-down conversions. That Those are the moments in the game that I think can, can change it for BYU. And those are the moments in the game that I don't know Virginia has the personnel to change it in their favor. So that's why, the, to me, the most interesting matchup in this game, and I told you that the, you know, Virginia's got those NFL-level players in their front seven. Yeah. Can those guys, A, rush Taysom Hill, but B, and more importantly, rush him with the discipline to keep him contained if they don't get to him? 
And that's hard to do. You know, all of a sudden, you know, a tackle kind of gives the defensive end the up-the-field move because it's kind of by design. That's the way the protection goes. And that defensive end gets too far up the field. Now, all of a sudden, Taysom Hill's got a little crease, and it's a jailbreak, and there he goes. And, you know, so, t- you know, I, Virginia does not have that element in their offense at all. And BYU does. And that one factor alone um, – you know, assuming turnovers aren't a huge factor, that's always the number one factor, it seems, in winning or losing these games. But if turnovers are even, and Taysom Hill has some big runs, this is going to be a really hard game for Virginia to win. Bob Wischusen, ESPN College football play-by-play man, will call the game on ESPN tomorrow, 3.30 Eastern, 1.30 Mountain Time kickoff between the Cavaliers and BYU. He's conditioned himself for the elevation. Also, you may have the greatest Twitter handle ever, at ESPN Bob. Um, shocked nobody took it. <laughs> Bob Lee didn't want it. <laughs> Thanks, Bob. All right, guys, I'm feeling a little lightheaded, so I'm going to go get the oxygen now. <laughs> Very good. There are some differing opinions uh, appearing about this BYU-Virginia game, uh, but I, I thought he put it in perspective. It, it come, really comes down to, to turnovers. Can okay. Virginia just mess things up? Yeah. Can they make it yeah. weird? Houston made it weird. It's the workaholics theory. Let's get weird. And Houston did that, and it got weird. It's the same slate, in a way, as, as the Houston game. Protect the ball. Virginia your has home better field. athletes to me. Virginia has better, certainly Virginia on the front seven. Virginia has 22 players in the NFL right now. Which is like, huh? Wow. How many schools awesome. have more players than that in the NFL? Alabama? And who else? I don't know. That's, that's, <laughs> some, that's some legacy. Saturday right there. next week. Bronco Mendenhall, one-on-one next. What does he think the key is to beating the Cavaliers? Find out next. This is Craig Bills, and this is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Craig Dollar Dollar Bills, y'all. I think that we're designating that as his nickname. That's the one? I think, well, there have been some fantastic submissions, but I really like that one. Our producer, Caitlin Jenny, came up with that one, so she said in your ear, our ears a moment ago, I win! That has nothing to do with it, but she's our producer. I just think it's it's genius. Oh, I know. At Steve Deladon. Hopefully I said that correctly, Steve. USC has 57 players in the NFL. Good gravy. Wow. That's a that's more than a full team. <laughs> that that's a They a, are they are the Bengals. 53 man roster for each NFL team. 57 players. That's so many. Hey, BYU Sports Nation, you can download the show podcast on iTunes or subscribe to the RSS feed on BYUSportsNation.com. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision. Glad to have you with us. Steve said I said it correctly. Thanks, Steve. One lucky fan will win a trip for two to the 2014 Miami Beach Bowl. We really do need some music behind this. With our BYU Sports Nation, not you, with our BYU Sports Nation, take your fandom to South Beach contest. All you have to do is follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and then post a tweet using the hashtag BYUSNMiami. We need that that Will Smith song. Going to Miami. Going to Miami. Our rights end at that point. The contest ends October 4th. (laughs) Awesome. Stupid rights. Resetting today's trending topics. BYU and Virginia. It's been a point-counterpoint discussion. Mostly counterpoint. But points winning, right? What? Yes. Counterpoints win championships? Our point of doing that is to show oh, you, look at you that you should pay very close attention to this game because there's oh, a lot sure. of it's, it has so every- many juicy matchups. It has everyone's attention for BYU yeah. fans. This is not like Houston where it's like, you know what? We can go negative three in the turnover margin and win. I say we as the fan perspective. 
Oh, we can go negative ten. It's still in the greatest player ever. Oh, that's Brian Logan. <laughs> Whoa, I see like Brian now. Oh, that's Brian. Amazing. I put on the uh, blue goggles. In this game, however, BYU's going to have to play a better game than they did against Houston. The concerns that came out of the Houston game are legit when you play a team like Virginia. I know they only won two games last year, and I think that BYU's a better team, but you got to play a good game to win Saturday. Volleyball tonight on BYU TV against Utah. The Cougars trying to hand Big the Utes their first loss. They're 10-0. and They were 10-0 and last year when BYU played them in Salt mm. Lake City, and BYU won. Mm. Let's keep that trend rolling. Women's soccer, big win over the Oregon Ducks last night, 2-1 to one also on BYU TV. Trying to own the Pac-12 this week. Let's do it. And the ACC, for that matter. <laughs> Yesterday, I sat down for my weekly conversation one-on-one with Bronco Mendenhall. We discussed everything from... How do you prepare for Virginia? What are you looking for most closely with the Cavaliers? What's the key to victory? And we didn't leave out the reference to the BYU Sports Nation karma. Check it out. We're with BYU football coach Bronco Mendenhall on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, coach, 3-0. and I mean, the, you are the buzzword in college football right now. Uh, mm. BYU has kind of become the darlings of college football because you're an independent in, in your current position. How have you... Siri calls us an underdog. Exactly. As the Everyone number 25 team in the country at time. That's right. That's yeah. right. Everybody loves an underdog. How have you benefited? Everyone talks about how hard it is to stay focused. Have you how ever you... seen the cartoon Wonder Dog? Oh, here here we go. Here or we Underdog? Go. I have seen the, the cartoon Underdog. Yeah. Is it Wonder Dog or Underdog? It's Underdog. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> <laughs> how, how have you been able to benefit from the increased exposure that you've been receiving over the past few weeks? It's fun just to, to um, highlight our players. It's fun to highlight our program. It's fun to talk about what the university stand for, stands for. It's fun to talk about our faith and what missions are all about and our married players. It's fun just to educate people. Um, they think they have some idea of what BYU football is, so it's great to take that knowledge and add more to it and so they have a greater idea. And it will continue as long as we win. I mean, that's just the way it works. There's so much focus on the playoff for every team in the country, which almost anyone will have to go undefeated. They're talking a lot, of, a lot about that a lot with us, but really that applies to anyone. So we're one of 39 teams after three weeks that are still undefeated. Um, now after having acknowledged all that, we play Virginia, and there's just a yeah. ton of work to do. And then um, the idea is just making these one-game seasons, even though the um, – the outside pressure and world is kind of trying to suck us into the playoff 13-0 and 0 scenario. We're actually just trying to win the next game. Well, I mean, that's an understandable approach because if you lose a game in your yeah. set, then it's... We're no longer, no longer the darling and the underdog or the wonder dog yeah. or whatever. 23 teams, by the way, 3-0 and 0 mm. at this point. So there are 39... That's even better. Teams. Yeah. So you're I like, one of, that. You're I like one your of statistic better than mine. 3-0 and teams in the country. You mentioned Virginia. It's hard not to notice their front seven on mm-hmm. defense. Guys like Eli Harold and Max Vallis, and you have Anthony Harris as a safety as well that can come up and, and create a, a pass rush. I, I, I'm looking forward to the rush offense of BYU against yeah. that front seven. What are you watching for? Same. Um, and a year ago, we, we already have a pretty good idea what those matchups look like. Um, I was really um, surprised we weren't able to be more physically dominant a year ago just from what I saw practicing against our offense. What it really showed, even though Virginia didn't have a strong year, was that their front seven was strong, and they're stronger now and more experienced. And so probably the most significant front seven test that we will have had so far this year. The Cavaliers now travel 
to Provo, Utah, and everybody talks about the elevation factor and the home field. Maybe it'll snow for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, is that what you really want after last year? No, it's not. A freak storm at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, there's, there's much talk about the elevation. How much does that really factor in for a team that plays at sea level when they come to the Wasatch Mountains? Noticeable, but not giant. Um, similar to what it was when we went to Austin, the humidity and the heat, our players were were tapping out and we rotated through and so we acknowledged it we handled it um, there was enough depth which they'll have as well and so it'll be it'll have some effect but it won't determine the outcome the health of your team right now how is it, it it's uh i would say it's strong uh through four weeks um, the thursday night game is positive in terms of a quick turnaround for recovery for the next game it's also negative for, there was a quick turnaround, which kind of increased some of the likelihood of injuries, and we had more time to recover, but um, there's a unique balance there. So we're ready, we'll be ready for a bye week after this week just to then reset, regroup, regenerate, and get our bodies healthy for the next stretch. There's plenty of game film on Taysom Hill, and everybody has an idea of, like, well, this is how we're going to stop him. Do you ever chuckle at that because it seems like every team's got a plan, and then he just kind of still does it? Yeah, um, and, and I think you have to have a plan, and, and to every team's credit, you, you've got to do that, and you have to believe in the plan, and you have to make sure your players believe in the plan. Um, Taysom, just with the athleticism he has, if he's having an off day throwing it, you still have to deal with quarterback scramble. If he's having a good day throwing it, um, then you're going to have a hard time playing pass defense and defending the run. And so um, there's kind of a way just through athletic ability and sheer competitiveness and will that he finds a way just to continue to make plays. Some games are prettier than others, but he's just a volatile player. How does your team benefit from having now nine days? You played the short week, but now you have nine days. Like what, what's better about that scenario? You know, there, there's really not much. Um, I'd like to say there is, but the nine days, you, you spend the first couple just recovering from the short turnaround to get back to the normal week which is about then where you would have been if you played Saturday. Yeah. And so um, not much difference. As you approach now hoping to go 4-0 and in this, this one-game season, who, who started that ideology? Because I hear a ton mm. of players say that. You know, I, I'm not sure where it started. I, I received a, a text or an email from Nick Howell, our defensive coordinator, after game two or game one or game three. I'm not sure remember. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure which game it was. I don't remember. And he... Uh, at the bottom, it just says, beat so-and-so one game season. And that kind of resonated with me. And so I don't know if the players had told him if he had been sharing that with the players, but uh, it makes a lot of sense because really not only for this year but every year, that's to have that kind of focus, staying in the moment, staying present on just playing that game like it was your only game and you spent the entire year preparing for it. Uh, I like the way that is framed. Nick is big on stopping the run. Yeah. So what's the game plan? Stop the run. <laughs> Ask your players, what's the game? Stop the run. Is that where this game will hinge on Saturday? It's where every game starts because you, you can't. Um, the number of times that we've said that over the last nine years in the defensive staff <laughs> room, you, you, you can't call the game effectively if you're trying to stop two different things. You have to establish dominance in one phase to then have a chance to help your players by calling the right things and critical downs, especially and it's especially helpful if you know whether that down is going to be run or pass. At least that gives you a fighting chance to make the right call. And so uh, Nick, even though he's relatively inexperienced, 
calling the plays. He's not inexperienced about knowing what it's going to take to have success. You've been in your new role now for three games. This will be game number four. Are you, are you kind of settling into what it is you do on the sideline and yeah. are you discovering that? What is it? I'm, I'm not sure it's settled, but um, it's, uh, I'm having a lot of fun. It's fun to be able to encourage, watch the game, and cheer for uh, players and, and be happy for them each play rather than watching the game and being forward thinking about already what's going to happen the next and then if that happens this happens and so I wasn't really able to stay in the play-by-play moment and mode and I'm enjoying that a lot more and and it's fun to be able to to to, um, to shake a player's hand when they come off and encourage them and and regardless of who it is whether it's a long snap or a kicker or a punter an offensive lineman there's just more interaction which is happening not only on our second floor but on game day and um I've missed I've missed that from being a position coach um, and just a, only a defensive coordinator. Once I became a head coach, that's kind of fell away, and so I missed it. Has the delegation factor had a noticeable difference on the entirety of your team and how you've been successful? Man, I think you'd have to ask our players and coaches. Uh, I think they would say yes, um, but I, I can't speak for them. It has on me, I know that, and I think it has on our team and on our staff. Um, and, but if that's contributed at all to, to what they think, it'd be fun to just to check with them. I'm not sure. Humble swagger is what you told me your yeah. team had last time. Yeah. Have they been able to maintain that at a level that you, that you are, I'm are comfortable com- with? Yeah, I'm comfortable where they are. Um, but each morning at our team meeting at 6.30, we, we come back to the humility part. Um, because either teachers or in-laws or wives or students or... They go to a restaurant, a server, someone saying, you know, talking about the playoff or being undefeated. And, and so there's got to be a place where each of our team members come and they go right back to <laughs> it's this, it's one game, it's this season, it's, this pl- it's not only this quarter, it's this play and this practice and now this meeting and just bringing it all back down to it actually is going to take this type of preparation. Um, all those things are relevant and real. Um, but only if, and then we work back to beginning again. We found out today that Jim McMahon is going to be inducted mm. into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. His jersey will be retired on October 3rd. Your reaction to that? I'm excited for him and for BYU. He's one of the most dynamic, fierce competitors that's maybe ever played college football. And I appreciate Jim for his authenticity, his leadership, the choice to come to BYU, and really the visibility he gave the program through just how hard he competed. And as I've talked to former players in that era, um, I wasn't here at that time, and I haven't talked to all of them, um, but the one thing that seems to keep resonating is the players loved playing with him and respected him for the leadership that he was providing on the field, and they listened to him and respected um, how he prepared for the game, and that, that's a neat thing to, to have um, said about you. How would you like to game plan against Jim McMahon as a defensive coordinator? Man, I'd, I'd like to... <laughs> I don't know, maybe have a, some kind of surgical procedure that I had to go to the hospital for that week and someone else had to do it. Uh, I'm not sure um, because there's just there's some way he's going to make a play um, and then punt the ball over your head uh, to, to win the game, and he's going to do it with a fiery personality, a competitive spirit, and then the athleticism and accuracy of throwing the ball to back it up. Um, and then he's going to have his team inspired to be playing with him the same way. 
So that would be a tough one. I'm sure he'll have his eyes closely on the Virginia game, obviously the Utah State game when you celebrate his number. Uh, as you look closer to the Cavaliers, in, in terms of specific injuries, I know Nick Kurtz will not play. He's been rumored to maybe be able to come back for Utah State. How's his health, and, and are there any other players that will be sitting out? Hopeful, hopeful for Utah State in terms of Nick Kurtz. That's what everyone has been shooting for from the time he got hurt. Um, a few bumps and bruises elsewhere, but every one of them would be probably no more severe than a game-time decision, mm. so no one else probably worth mentioning. I think it's probably fair to say you, you might have been enjoying the, the best health as a team that you've, that you've ever had as a we, head coach. We have, a, we have a new athletic trainer, uh, Steve Pincock. Um, I was at BYU before, and I actually was with him at Snow College a long time ago. And then um, we also have a rehab specialist in Brett Mortensen that's really helping. And so the two of those guys together have really um, done a nice job with our culture, with our treatment, and with helping our team. And and the players are flocking in there in times between classes and before practice to, to get help. And so it's nice to not only have good people, but really competent people that are helpful in all the jobs they do. And so I think they're having a, a role in that. Finally, most importantly, would you like some more BYU Sports Nation karma for you this know, weekend? Here, here's the thing. I've been thinking a lot about the karma, and <laughs> if it really is what you say it is, once should be enough. Once should be enough? It should be. If, if, if it is what you say it is, because to say that then you'd have to come get like a touch-up or some, an extra dose, that would mean it was probably pretty weak. If all it lasted was three weeks, I mean, what's the, if it's real, then it ought to be able to go forever. So this is just a way to put it to the test. I'm good. So this, you, you will assess this at the end of the season. Yeah, and if... It, if if this is real, then we'll both know at that point. <laughs> okay, it's a, it's a season-long adventure. Yeah. Okay. If, if the karma's real. If it's not, then it's just... Fair enough. They used to have wagons, like, we'd show up in the Old West, and they'd have stuff in bottles that said that dead stuff but really didn't. So we'll, <laughs> we'll know if this fits in that category or not. And we have now gone to historical perspective <laughs> with Bronco Mendenhall. Oh, and Jaron wanted me to ask you, who's your favorite BYU Sports Nation host? My favorite BYU, let's see, who are they? What are my choices? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'll have to default just to whoever actually gives me the most snacks, and that's, there's only one that really that's gives the me the most snacks. There guy. you go. Yep. Fair enough. GRSG. GRSG. I need you to hashtag that on Twitter. GRSG. Very good. Thanks, Bronco. Okay. Hashtag Jerome. Hashtag GRSG. Listen, bribes work for Roscoe. I mean, Bronco. Like, I get it. I get it. That's fine. Wonder Dog. <laughs> oh, wait. Underdog. Wonder? That's funny. <laughs> Stop the run. <laughs> Who are they again? What are they? Yeah. Oh, my God. Bronco! <laughs> well said, Jerem. Our show rolls on. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Friday. Keep it here. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. <laughs> we just saw something really funny on Twitter. <laughs> Jerem's losing it. He's losing, losing it. it. Oh, my goodness. At, at Sports Nation's the best. <laughs> if you're a Bucks, Raiders, or Jags fan, watching your team feels like this. And then it's like Windows, that screen where like there's an error, but there's like a hundred of them. <laughs> That's fantastic. That, oh. That's well played. Woo. Let's go. <laughs> Our Twitter question today, what is your bold prediction Get for BYU together. versus Virginia? I said I would give you mine. Mine is Virginia will have less than 250 total yards. I want to change mine. 
To what? Or add one. I want two. Okay, go to Virginia will score less, uh, 13 points or less. Wow. Yeah, you heard me. Let's get to some Twitter. At MJustinD79. Hill passes for 300, runs for 100. Jamal runs for 100. 300-100 would be fantastic. That's 500 total yards right there between two players. Whoa! <laughs> Has Beery done that more than like one time with those two? Hey, but it's bold, right? Stop asking questions I can't answer. At Spencer King 14, a BYU player will fake death on the punt and convert the first down. Huh? <laughs> the Cougar whip around hits next. BYU Sports Nation is presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Welcome back, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Soccer. BYU had its, has its first win streak of the season after a 2-1 win against Oregon last night. Freshman Maddie Lyons scored the game winner in the 75th minute on her birthday. It was a beauty. Colorado College is up next for BYU on Saturday night. Women's Volleyball. The 12th ranked BYU Cougars host 10-0 Utah tonight at the Smithfield House, soon to be 10-1 Utah. The match at 9 Eastern nice. tonight live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Tennis. Three Cougars advance to the quarterfinals of the BYU Invitational. Morgan Anderson Littlewood, Megan Sheehan Dizon, and Nicolette Tron. Nice the Invitational job. continues today. Hockey. Hockey? The men's team home opener tonight against yeah. Weber State. Nice. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Weaver State. Seven Mountain in the Peaks Arena. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. And it goes to our friends that we beat up Kansas, in the 97 Cotton Kansas Bowl. Kansas State beat up 1915. Times, yes, true. Kansas State, Woo! number 20. They get out of the way if BYU wins at least one spot. They up. lost to Auburn last night, so there is room for BYU to jump up. Jake Waters, you throw terribly. What's your bold prediction for BYU Virginia? Bridger Quinton Hill says this. BYU will score 20-plus points before conceding any points They've been to doing Virginia. That. He gave us a great stat earlier this week, yeah. about 78-0 before anyone scored. Hey, thanks to ESPN's Bob Wischusen, Bronco Mendenhall, and everyone on our crew. Follow us on Twitter at BYU Sports Nation and on Instagram, sports. Yes. What a week. Pre-game, 2.30 Football tomorrow. tomorrow. The show on demand on BYUSportsNation.com and on BYUTV.org slash DVR. Download our podcast for Jaron Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. The shoe is gone. Shout out to Brian Gray. We're back to work on Monday.